All right, this is the Shuttlecock Podcast. My name is Aaron Rhodes, and we're sponsored by the Vinyl Underground at 7th Heaven. That's the record store at 76th and Troost in Kansas City. Uh, this week, I'm here with Alice Ryan from Dead Dad's Club. How are you doing? I'm good. Awesome. Uh, so, we were talking before, like, you've you've been to this house a couple of times before you performed on the web show KCDIY Yoda last year. Accurate, yes. Accurate. And just a few various other shows and yeah. parties and whatnot at this place. So yeah, I, I feel like you, you, you really know your way around Hyde Park a little more than most teenagers do. Is that well, accurate? I mean, I grew up mm-hmm. here, so I know the, I know the cool spots. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess I want to just get straight into just growing up because you you did grow up in Hyde Park in Kansas City, mm-hmm. and I don't know you you were kind of probably exposed to a lot of music as a child. And I was guessing. Yeah, um, well, my parents were in the punk scene in Kansas City in the '90s um, and had me when they were really young, um, and so I they did they didn't stop for me and it kept on going on and I was completely engulped in it growing up in Kansas City and San Francisco and New Orleans. Um, so there were really no boundaries when it came to music. And so your, your family, did you guys move to San Francisco or did um, you visit? Or I no, was in actually born in New Orleans um, because punks do tend to migrate. And it's happening now, and it happened 20 years ago too. Um, they all moved to the West Coast. But instead of what is it like olympia everyone's going Mm -hmm. to um it was san francisco and my parents were a part of that and my mom got pregnant and went to new orleans and we stayed there for a couple years back and forth between new orleans and san francisco and ended up here coincidentally like a couple weeks before katrina hit Mm -hmm. and so you hadn't been in kansas city at all until um... i moved to kansas city when i was it just started first grade. Okay. What what made your family decide to come here? Um, my well, my mom moved here because um, she had some demons in New Orleans um, and was really unstable. And uh, there's just a lot of drama going on. And she, I was actually staying with my dad. I have a really vivid memory of her like coming in the middle of the night and kind of just taking me and getting on a train here um and that's what happened there was really no say in it I didn't know it was happening um so it was pretty not 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 ideal for me and we didn't actually um, immediately move to Hyde Park we moved to Johnson County um to live with my grandma which was quite like the like just change of everything because I had never I don't know if I had ever stepped foot in a suburb before, and then all of a sudden I was going to Corinth Elementary, and I didn't, I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I guess well, it was more of a, a family reason for you guys, but um, you mentioned that you came here, like, right before Hurricane Katrina hit. Yeah, that was just a coincidence. Yeah, that's, that's pretty lucky, I guess. But, yeah. um, but I think even... Um, as like a Midwesterner, like there's there's probably already a ton of like really crazy stories that have to do with like 
moving out of New Orleans after Katrina yeah. and stuff. And I think that's just going to continue to be like a story that you see come up with a lot of like artists and mm-hmm. working class people. Of, um, well, the thing is, is that uh, with the music scene in the 90s, there was a lot of migration towards New Orleans and San Francisco. It was kind of like this like triangle in the U.S. Um, and so there were a lot of mostly older musicians that like my parents were friends with that have come from New Orleans when that happened. Hmm. And so you you were in Johnson County for a little bit. Yeah, I went to Corinth Elementary for two years. Um, I met some people that I still talk to who like went to Shawnee Mission East. Mm-hmm. And I got bullied mercilessly, mercilessly, I can't mm-hmm. say that word, because I had a strange little Bayou accent and curly red hair and wore like Ramon shirts to school every day. And they did not like me. I don't think I hear much accent now. It's, I, mean, I mean, I don't have it anymore, yeah. but when I was... A little kid, I did. Yeah, I, I can see how that might be a, a big, oh, big target were, for a lot of people. They were dicks. <laughs> <laughs> but like uh, that's cool. yeah, so you said your your parents were involved in like the the punk scene and like all three cities that they had lived in at that p- point. Uh, what kind of bands and like what kind of styles of punk were they really? Um, make, were, were they playing in bands or were they mostly just like going to shows and hanging out? Well, my mom. Um, she wasn't in bands before I was born, but after I was born um, and a lot of messed up stuff happened, she um, learned how to play the drums and she explained it was like a really good coping mechanism for her. And I honestly don't remember the bands that she was in in New Orleans. Same with my dad, but they were when everyone, because we moved here and then like Three, four years down the line, my dad and my stepmom finally also moved here because my dad's also from here. Um, and they just were in numerous, like, bar bands that weren't good. <laughs> they weren't good. They weren't good punk bands. Um, when, uh, what is it, the Black and Gold Tavern now, when that was uh, Kenny's Newsroom? Mm. Um, I spent a lot of time there because they played constantly there, like, every St. Patty day. Um, and they were in this one band, Billy Squire's Taint, which was like my dad's main project growing up. Um, and it was actually really unfortunate because I was trying to, I would always try to like explain what it was that my parents did to like my friends and I I couldn't explain it. I still can't explain it. Like Mm. they just wrote like really grotesque songs about places like the Santa Maria, um, the apartment complex on like 39th in Baltimore, and yeah, I guess that's that was the kind of bands they played in, just mm-hmm. like joke bar bands. Yeah, I think that's kind of a, a prerequisite for any like '90s through 2000s bar yeah. punk band. Is they just have like a really gross name yeah, and all their songs. Yeah, I, I mean, at that point, they had kids. They were my dad was dying of Hep C and a liver failure, so like they weren't like they weren't kids anymore. Um, I and they knew it. But they were just still making fun of themselves at that point. And um, so even further, like you said, you have a grandmother that's involved in. You're, you're just telling me this like right before we started. but <laughs> I mean, more or less. <laughs> oh, yeah. What, what, what is your grandmother? Mima, she, um, she does like this like Slavic river dance thing. I don't know if she still does it. She did it when I was little. Mm. And 
uh, people who follow Shuttlecock and stuff, they they might be familiar with your cousin also, Tommy Tommy Strasser. Strasser. Yes. Another local singer-songwriter. Yep. And... Susie's going off over there. And, um... Nance, you're, you're a very like connected person in Kansas City for your age I think and so you. <laughs> you, you also referred to Don from Bad Ideas as like an yeah. aunt to you Dawn, like kind of a family um, friend yeah I grew up with her and uh Britt and also I don't know if you know who Kurt Witt is or Dirty Dogs 101 he was in um this band in the 80s called Orange Donut oh yeah Orange Donut he was uh he was in that band and I grew up with him kind of like my grandpa he taught me um, I, I never, I, I got instruments growing up, but they just kind of expected me to already know how to play them. Mm. I don't know how, but I didn't actually like pay attention to my guitar until I was like 11. And Kurt was the one who like taught me a couple power chords. And then I went from there, nice. <laughs> but he's cool. Um, he was basically like a grandpa growing up and Don was like an aunt to me. Um, and same with Britt. And Caitlin Curry, their old bassist. Um, so I grew up with all like the older punks, and it was a really like f- family type. It was almost like a family business to me. Like it wasn't. I didn't really perceive it as art, to be honest. Growing up, it was just like the stupid shit that my parents did. Um, and then as I was growing up, and kids my age were paying attention to it, it kind of made me angry because I was like, "You guys are gonna die." Like, this shit is dangerous. Don't do it because everyone, all the adults in my life are dying. Mm. So it made me kind of sad to see, like, all these teenagers all of a sudden going to shows. But that perspective changed. But as, like, an early teen, that's definitely how I felt about it. Yeah, because you you definitely had, like, a really intimate look at how some of those people lived. It was just the fact that my dad died of, like, a heroin overdose when I was 12. And... All of his friends that I knew growing up that were family to me had already died of similar circumstances. So to me, it was hurtful that it was being still treated as like this harmless, fun activity that people were just like doing on the weekends and basements. Mm. Um, But my perspective changed when I actually got emotionally invested in like punk music and going to shows because um, it became something separate from my parents. Mm. And would you say that drug, like hard drug use, is less prevalent in punk nowadays, or w- I if were you just exposed to? I'm not sure, and I'm yeah. trying to put my finger on it because I've have such a different perspective now than I did when I was little, mm. um, and in different cities. I definitely do think that it's less. Um, less of an issue now, but still a really big issue. Um, and also I don't want it to seem like I, I don't have sympathy for people who are addicts and need help because I totally, that's not where I'm coming from at all. I'm just concerned and I don't want anyone that I've known for a while to like to die, you know? Yeah. And that's about it. So yeah, uh, you were saying when you were like 11 or 12, you were like learning your first chords on the guitar and uh, hanging around with all these musicians. When did you first kind of uh, become like a an, an able musician yourself, would you say? I still am not an no. able musician. <laughs> still not. 
I wouldn't consider myself an able musician at this point. Well, when when did you, did you write your first like full song? Um, I was thirteen. Mm. It's called Mr. Unlovable, and um, I performed it with the KCA band um, when I went to KCA once, and that was it. And that was the end of that song. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Was was KCA like a, a cool environment for you to be in? It was cool. It yeah. was there. Were, I have mixed feelings about that school, but uh, for the most part, I do think that it helped me grow a lot, introduced me to a lot of social situations that brought me out of my shell from just being like the little punk baby, and now I was like my own person. And um, so yeah, what, uh, besides like the bands that you were like seeing and hanging around with when you were a kid, what were some of like the first like musicians that you really like got attached to? Um, growing up, I had like I'd say probably around five like all time favorite bands that I always resulted to, and always I was really like um, nervous and like not very confident about my music taste growing up, and I wouldn't tell my parents. I'd also, like, clear the browser history when I was, like, listening to music. You didn't, didn't want, want to get, like, to roasted know. by your parents? Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I just didn't want them to... It wasn't even about that. I just didn't want them to know that, like, I was interested in the same things as they were. Mm. Um, but Jonathan Richmond was a big one, and he's playing tomorrow at the Bottleneck, and I'm super excited. Um, funny story about him. I loved him growing up all the time, but he was on my dad's, uh, computer that I listened to him on. He didn't have the name of the artist and I'd be like, Hey dad, like who, who's this guy who sings the song about Cleopatra? And he was like, figure it out. And so I didn't know the name of Jonathan Richmond until I was like 13. And I just listened to it on my dad's iPod and like his music and stuff. Mm. Another one was the Pixies were really big. Um, influence growing up. One of my first memories is like revolves around the song Here Comes Your Man. Um, I don't even like the Ramones, but the Ramones were just because I was named after them. My middle name, Ramona, is actually almost like really named Riff Randall, which is part of the reason I started going by it. Mm. Um, I was really into. Uh, Francoise Hardy growing up, the, like, um, French pop singer from the 60s. And just, I don't know, random ones. My mom got me really into, like, uh, some of the L.A. um, punk groups around, like, the early 2000s, like Mika Maiko, because she was really into them, was really into the Go-Go's. Just, like, stupid shit that I knew my dad would make fun of me for. Mm. So, yeah. And, um... So I think, unless you had something previous to it that I didn't know about, your first EP was called uh, Farm Baby, and that came out like early last year, late 2015. That wasn't the first thing that I made. That wasn't. Okay, no. tell, tell me My what first, predates that. My um, first dabble in the pan- band camp scene was when I was 13, mm. um, and I just went by my name, Alice Ryan, and I released a few covers I don't know what else I was going to do when I was 13. I also only knew power chords, and I was trying to make, like, acoustic music, so it just didn't... It just wasn't good. I didn't know how to tune my guitar. Um, I made an EP. Uh, I deleted that. I deleted the whole band camp, and no Oof. one can find it. But, yeah, it uh, 
I did that. Mm. But Farm Baby um, was the first. Well, actually, Farm Baby wasn't even the first. I started, like, recording music um, because on, like, GarageBand on, like, my phone. And I still use GarageBand. But now, not on my phone, now on an iPad. So it's a little bit bigger. Real fancy. Yeah. <laughs> real, real studio hours. <laughs> yeah. But um, I, I, junior year was a rough year for me. And I recorded a few songs throughout that year. Um, and then, like, one night, something bad happened. And I, like, got on my computer and, like, uploaded all of those songs under the album or EP name or whatever. I don't know the difference between EP and album. I'm not going to lie. You don't have to explain it to me. But <laughs> EP is just short. Well, shorter okay. than a full album. All right. Cool. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, I the name of it was just, like, I think it was just Hent. It was, like, H-E-H, and then it was just stupid, and I deleted it. And that was probably, like, the early summer of 2016. Mm-hmm. And then I polished some of those songs and put out Farm Baby. And, uh... Yeah, so what were what were some of your, your first uh, shows like? Awful. Awful? <laughs> Awful. I still don't really like playing shows. I'm not... I get a really bad... I call them brat attacks, where I just, like, become the biggest bitch. I just... I... It doesn't matter that, like, if people are enjoying the music or not. I just have this, like, sudden feeling of regret and guilt and just not wanting to be there. Um, so I'm just some kind of some kind of like stage fright, or would you say? Yeah, no, it's definitely yeah. stage fright. It's just like instead of like show, being vulnerable and like freezing on the stage, I just like growl at everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's what mo- like most of my early shows were like. I played the first show at uh, second base when it first opened up, and it was really funny because I played like three songs. And then I went and cried outside on the back porch. And it was during the ice storm. And I, like, slid and fell down the stairs and just, like, was on my back just crying. And I was like, I'm never doing this again. Oh, man. Yeah. It's a little little discouraging, but you you got back at it. And And I think... How was the next show after that? (laughs) The next one was the shuttlecock one. Oh, yeah. And I still had a little bit of a brat attack. But, like, I try to mask it. Oh, yeah. That yeah, yeah. that was, show, that was showing pretty smooth. That was yeah, smooth. I think so. That was one of the more smoother shows that I've played. I was mainly, like, bratty towards my friends at that show because they kept leaving. And I was like, stop leaving. Like, do not leave before like, the last Like, y'all, we're here to rock. Well, like, my, the main thing that I don't appreciate about Kansas Cityans going to shows is that they always leave after their friend's band. Mm. Don't do that. Like, do stay it. for the whole show you're not really supporting your friends if you're like being disrespectful towards the show and just leaving after they're set Mm. that's mean don't do that but yeah so i'm getting a handle on my brat attacks and i think a part of the reason that i uh wasn't that discouraged by them is because i was having a lot of fun just experimenting and recording more and more and more and more and more and more music Mm. just constantly yeah, it does seem like you have a pretty like I constant do. stream <laughs> yeah. of so you you just kinda get excited to play new songs and you're like, Okay, I guess like I'll do another show since I haven't played these songs yet or, yeah. yeah. And even with like playing shows, there's some songs that I just won't play live. Because mm-hmm. I'm also like really insecure about like lyrics and stuff. And I don't really want people to know what my songs are about. So 
two things you'll never expect from me is I'm never going to post my lyrics mm. in like the description or anything like that. And I'm never going to play um, everyone's B live. Mm. It's never going to happen. Yeah, yeah, they are they are pretty personal lyrics. So, yeah. you know, maybe maybe by the time you're you're on like a, a major indie label and they can coax the lyrics out of you for a, no. a booklet, maybe maybe no. you'll get in there. <laughs> never. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, you grew up in Kansas City for the most part. Yeah. And like you, you have like other than your time living in Johnson County. Like I, I, I've realized that you have like a real passion about like kids who grew up in the city and yeah. like artists and students who yeah. live in the city. And I, I just uh, since I got like the little exposure that I did, I kind of have a vendetta against suburban kids. I'm not gonna lie mm. because they were so shitty towards me when I was at Corinth and when I came to Kansas City, I went to Faxon Montessori, which is on 26th and Paseo, and I just. I mean, I was still bullied, but I just noticed that, like, there was such a difference between the kids there and the kids here, and the difference was these kids were talented, <laughs> and these kids weren't given, like, the time of day, and it just kept on, like, growing up, and uh, I went to KCA for a couple years, and then I went to Ruskin, and then I went to Paseo, and there were just all these kids that were making such good art, like, such great art. And then I was seeing, like, these kids that I went to, like, KCA with that were having, like, their punk shows and were, like, opening up shop and, like, these punk these punk houses east of Paseo and east of Troost um, and not including the community that they were infiltrating, like, not even making an effort. Um, and it just, it made me really mad. It still makes me really mad, and it's getting a little better that bridge is being crossed a little bit but there's still just so much that to be done and there's this like misconception that like inner city kids don't want to be involved in punk and i don't think that's true i really don't think that's true um and i think that that needs to be addressed a lot more in the community mm-hmm. would you say it is kind of like just another arm of like kind of just social gentrification oh or would, is, 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 is there yeah. some other issue that you would include in that i mean it's definitely social gentrification but i also think that the, it's a part of the reason part of it is like the isolation of kids who are growing up in the inner city and another part of it is just kids in general people just hate kids and it doesn't make any sense, mm. especially in a place like the punk community, because the whole reason that this has been around for so long is because kids keep coming and coming and coming and coming. Mm. You can't just decide that you don't want kids around anymore or else your scene's going to die. Mm. And it already is starting to die. <laughs> and the reason why is because people are being so rude to new people who are trying to come to shows. Mm. So you, you've experienced a lot of like ageism on, on your end? Yeah, I mean, when I was, like, early high school, I didn't want to go to shows because um, I, it just, it felt like something I had already done growing up. I, it wasn't, I didn't see the fun in it. Um, And it just seemed like the people who were were kind of rude. 
But then I got to like know those people more and I realized that that was just me being like a bratty teenager. And I realized a lot of these feelings and emotions are just still like me being very young and very judgmental of some situations. And like, I guess another part of it, maybe not so directly, but like the music you play, like you, you hang out at a lot of punk shows and, but the music you play personally isn't. Yeah. So do you feel like that kind of ties into some of like the feelings you have about it? To be honest, me playing music has very little to do with my feelings Mm. about the scene and everything. And also (laughs) music, it's kind of funny. I wasn't interested in making bedroom pop. I still really am not interested in making bedroom pop, but it's kind of the only thing I can do all by myself. Mm. So I just keep doing it. What what kind of musical ambitions would you say you have? I don't know. I have no just idea. haven't realized yet. Just I just haven't realized yet. I'm still very young, but. Um, but you do want to like collaborate with more people, or do like I full bands? If, or? I don't know if that's the word. I, <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I can collaborate. I'm. I don't know. I'm just. I. I don't really have a very time hard time perceiving myself as like a stable musician. Mm. Because, like, I only knew power chords up until, like, what, like, a year and a half ago? Like, am I really, like, a musician? Or am I just, like, bedroom pop artist? So I am very insecure about the thought of collaborating with other people. I'd like to. Mm. Like, one day, if I feel, like, confident enough, I'd love to, like, I don't know, be in band or something. That'd be fun. But that is not today. No, I, I think I, f- I feel like you're always kind of growing as an artist. So I, I don't know. I think Thanks, you'll man. you'll be there sooner than later. And so you, and you just put out uh, a new album called Flu Meds. Yeah. And that's um, some of the songs you'd already released before, but I guess you re-recorded some of them. I re-recorded them. The main issue is that I just don't have any equipment. Like mm-hmm. as I said, I I record on an iPad with my headphones as a mic, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't know anything about recording. And I still don't really. Everything I know is based in like the GarageBand app, mm. which isn't very professional. So, I mean, I feel confident in my skills making the music that I'm making, but I don't really think that applies to like anything else I want to do. Mm. But uh, are are you more uh, excited about this this new album than some of your past work? Yeah, mm. yeah. I think um, I I think that I've gotten better with just like I guess composing mm. just like matching things up and like um furthering a lot of song ideas like none of the songs on flu meds are new mm. um they've all I have like on my iCloud account because that's where <laughs> I write all my songs on in my notes I have like 350 songs um only a hundred of them are on Bandcamp mm. so that I I don't even have like the iCloud room to write new material. I kind of like am disciplining myself to like go back and actually like figure out what you want to do with this song. And a lot of like the stuff that I've released, I don't think any of the stuff I've released, I'm going to leave at that. I'd want to revisit pretty much everything on like my Bandcamp and my SoundCloud. That sounds kind of like a a pretty daunting process. Are are you, are you kind of, I have nothing else to do. Yeah, you don't. (laughs) 
So you are like a pretty like hobbyist about it, I guess. Yeah, right? I've I I kind of am a serial hobbyist. Mm. Is that a word? Yeah, that sounds. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. I actually I've always known that I wanted to make music, mm. um, but I didn't want my parents to know that because, as I said, just really embarrassed about everything. No, have, has your mom heard any of your music? Oh yeah, she loves it. It's oh, terrifying. Okay. <laughs> No, it's not bad. No, thing. they're not. It's not that they're not supportive. They're super. Well, my mom's super supportive of everything artistic. Like mm. I had really bad parents, but one thing is that they did just like anything I wanted to explore artistically, I could. Mm. Um, and so throughout my childhood, I kind of just distracted them from the fact that I wanted to make music because I was so embarrassed by that thought that I was like, you know what? Um, actually, I really want to check out like contortion. So I trained to be a contortionist <laughs> for like four years just so that I could like write songs in secret <laughs> and no one would catch on to it. Do you, do you still have any of those skills? Yeah, I can do the splits on demand. I can sit on my head. I can do like front um, handsprings, back handsprings. Maybe that'd be a good way to, to open a show. Just I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> But yes, and I I did that. I did fire poi when I was little. What's that involve? It's like the it's before like it got engulfed in like the new hippie movement. It's like the circus. Oh, like you have like the ball like yeah, and I would like spin them and do like contortion stuff when I was like nine ten. So I was just like constantly coming up with like new things to distract my parents. Have you ever made money doing that stuff? No, that could be kind of fun. I don't want to do it anymore. You could, you could fund your music by by <laughs> doing fire. Play. Well, I mean, I was I actually did get pretty serious about it until freshman year. Yeah. I was uh, when I left Kansas City Academy. The reason I did was because I was hospitalized for about a year, and that's where I wrote most of my lyrics because I was like so drugged up that I was just like writing all this bullshit about bullshit. But um, and I stopped doing aerial silks because I couldn't train anymore. But I was pretty serious about it. I trained like for several hours every day. Mm. Pretty active. Yep. And I, I know I've I've noticed recently on your social media. Maybe you've been doing it for a while, but you you're, you're crocheting. Oh yeah. Yeah. I learned that while I was hospitalized. Mm. Yeah. So I just like I love picking up things, and I'm re- I get really emotionally invested because I like don't do relationships or like school or anything so instead I'm just like I'm just gonna commit myself to writing and recording these 350 songs over the next year it's Mm. my goal and so so yeah but you've done like you've done tops and you've done like pillows yeah I started crocheting pillows for all my favorite musicians when they come in town yeah so you've you've got some to girl pool already and um I was gonna make one for Frankie Cosmos when she came because she I talked to you about, like, my early, early, like, influences, but mm. I started, like, um, getting into music and, like, discovering, like, this whole new world of music that was completely separate of my parents in middle school, and Frankie Cosmos and Alex G were the first, like, two artists that I discovered and was like, oh, this is cool. Mm. Like, this is what I want to do. Um, so when she came, I, I wanted to make her a pillow, but I didn't have time to. Mm. And... But yeah, you've I think you've covered both of those artists before multiple times. <laughs> Cosmos, Alex G, and are, are there any other covers that you're? Oh, the first that song that I ever recorded was a cover of Alex G. It mm. was um, "I Wait for You," which was the song that I asked him to play, and he doesn't remember how to play it. Mm. I know how to play it. 
but he doesn't know how to oh, play. You should have just chopped up there. I should have. Yeah. He also deleted it from his band camp, and I asked him about it, and he said he didn't even know it was deleted. So mm. I did the world a favor because he's putting that track back on easy. Go check <laughs> it out. It's my favorite song. And, uh, yeah, so you would mentioned to me recently that you were hoping to move to Chicago, Chicago at some point. Yes. Yeah. Um, while I do love Kansas City, um, it takes up about 75% of my personality. Is just like my passions and discerns and betrayals when it comes to Kansas City. So I'd like to challenge myself to live separately from it for a little bit. Mm. But but you intend on coming back sometime? I don't think so. No? Okay. No. (laughs) (laughs) I want to see what it's going to be like, like living as an actual human being with no prerequisite of people knowing me from my parents or when I did contortion or when I did this or when I did that. I just want to be a new person, I guess. Mm. And I guess that's something that I guess is kind of the same thing that a lot of people growing up face. Yeah, they it's just totally don't. a normal thing. You just, you, it's not, you should not live in the place your parents grew up. And I think that a lot of the kids who like still grew up in Kansas city, but in the suburbs, um, aren't experiencing exactly the same thing because like when i walked on the street all i'm thinking about is that like my dad was literally doing the exact same thing he was going to a show on the exact same street 20 years ago so like what's really changed so it's kind of just a whole existential thing for you oh yeah it's definitely a crisis and that's kept me from going to a lot of shows because i don't want to be like my parents and um yeah what uh, you, you, so you said you're you're kind of just sitting in all these songs that you've had for a while, and you're just you just want to go back and re- re-record and improve yeah, them. Yeah, I really want to just get better at music. I'm I'm saving up for a laptop, so I don't have to record on like it's not even my iPad, and it's not even an iPad. It's an iPad Mini, mm-hmm. and it's like my friend Eliza's. <laughs> so um, I'm trying to save up so I can like get a get a computer and like an actual mic Mm. when was the the last song that you actually wrote though i think oh uh it's a great innocence on the on flu meds and how long ago was that though like six months yeah so you are, are you afraid that like while you're going back and redoing all these other songs that, like, you, you won't be writing new songs? Like, I feel like... Well, I still write new songs mm. um, constantly, but I'm trying to... I've almost, like, had to, like, stop myself because um, I'm, I'm trying to learn discipline. So um, if I, like, am fiddling around with my little guitar and I'm like, ooh, song, I'm like, no, uh-uh. <laughs> You can, like, take a little video and write it down in your notes, but you are not recording this right now. Don't even think about it. Mm. But I break the rules a couple, a couple times. So, but, but you think that's a pretty important, like, virtue that you just want to nail down first, I guess? Actually, I think, I, oh, man, I did break the rules. I did just, like, put a song on my SoundCloud, like, two days ago that mm. I wrote, like, that night. But oh, anyways... Well. Uh, but yeah, what 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 are you excited about in Kansas City right now, just as a whole? Um, there are there any bands that are out right now, or any musicians that you're? 
really excited. I've honestly been isolating myself a little too much and don't even know what's going on. Mm. But (laughs) I I really like. (laughs) I like I like all of it. I like everything. I like like the the rock music, the I like everything. the rap music, all the all the oh, all the I music. I love the rap music that's coming out of Kansas City yep. so much, and I love that these are kids that I was going to Paseo with, mm. like Solomon. I love that they're getting like the exposure that they deserve. Um, it's so cool. I'm so happy for them. So yeah, that's actually that's what I'm most excited about mm. in Kansas City is the rap scene coming up because it's about damn time. Um, I think it's great. I love it a lot. Yeah, so let's let's get Alice on some more uh, hip hop shows. So I'll be... <laughs> no, <laughs> no, okay. no. I don't like playing shows, but I'll definitely go to all of the shows, all of them. Awesome. You see me there. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to get to while you're here? Is there anything you wanted to get to while I was here? Uh, not that I can think of. Um. Yeah, um, people can visit shuttlecockmusic.com, and there's the store on there if you want to support the site. There's T-shirts and buttons that you can order. Uh, you can follow at shuttlecockmag on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and listen to the ADD podcast with Jason Barr. Uh, where can people find you online, Alice? You can go to my SoundCloud. Uh, I think it is Yifyandl. Might be skiff scandal or a spliff splandle, but I think it's if handle right now. Um, or my my band camp, which is Dead Dad's Club. It's a the DDC dot And I found out there's actually another DDC. Mm. So I'm gonna have to fight them. Because I'm not giving up that name. It's perfect. Might be a, a lawsuit coming that Oh no. Should... No, no, no. I'm gonna win. Yeah, you might need to sue them. I don't know. No, no, I'm just gonna intimidate them. Or write like a diss track, but it's gonna be oh, bedroom pop. That'll be good. They're like a cover band that plays at like casinos. I don't understand. Yes. And also, I I guess D the Dead Dads Club or whatever is a reference from Grey's Anatomy, which I didn't even know. I've mm. never seen that show. <laughs> but you're, you're the real Dead Dads Club. I'm the real Dead Dads Club. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for thanks for being on the podcast. Oh no problem.